Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Community, and this is a message that I gave on Sunday morning, October 10th, 2021, from the Gospel of John in chapter 5. We are talking for the next few weeks about about people, um, people in the Gospels who were almost fixed. Like Jesus got to work in their life. He did some amazing thing. And then there was something else that needed to be done, just kind of something, something else that needed to happen. And, and when I see stuff like that, that's kind of good news for me because I feel like I know Jesus has worked in my life, but I know there's still a lot to work out. And I hope I'm not alone in that. Am I alone on that? Okay, good. So let's... Let's all take comfort in the fact that we've still got some rough edges and that need to be sanded down and stuff and dealt with. And, and so I wanted to look at some of these things. I want to turn your attention to John chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to start reading in, in verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying, that's, that's right, mm, that belongs there. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, Well, the man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, for what we've already heard, for what we've already had the chance to sing. Um, I always have this thing of like, especially if I'm going to be talking of like, I'm not going to sing like crazy because I don't want to lose my voice before I have to talk. And then Thomas is like, y'all can sing louder. And then I, and I do it. I lose my voice. And I'm so thankful for the chance to do it, for the chance to sing the words that we've already sung today and to hear what Cheryl sang to us. And Lord, I'm asking that as we, as we dig into this a little bit, that you would, you would open our hearts to receive it. Um, help us not to be defensive in any way, but just to receive what you have for us and help me to keep it clear, to be kind. Uh, thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this is, for a lot of people, probably a familiar story, but Jesus works in this guy's life and then later shows up and is like, hey, there's still a thing. We're not totally there yet. So let's look at this guy that's almost fixed. There's a couple of things about this story. One is Jesus says three things. One of them is curious. One of them is really cool. And one of them, if I'm being honest, is a little bit scary. So the first thing Jesus says to this guy is curious. He goes up to a guy that's been paralyzed for 38 years and says, do you want to get well? And it's like, I'm sorry, what? It's like you take a kid to Dollywood and you're like, do you want a funnel cake? It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? Of course I want a funnel cake. It's a fried pancake. 
made into a nest covered in powdered sugar. What are you talking? Why would you ask that question? I've been paralyzed for 38 years. This place where this guy was, I'm imagining like one of those like uh, fountain type pools where little kids are flipping coins in and, and like, you know, making wishes and stuff. And all around it are all these people who are struggling, having a hard time. Some people that are blind and some that are paralyzed and all different kinds of infirmities and struggles. And they had this kind of little urban myth. And I don't know if you were looking closely, if you were reading it, it, the, like the, it skips verse 4. And that's because in some manuscripts, not the oldest, oldest ones, there was this other little verse about how they believed that an angel would come down and stir up the waters. And they would get all stirred up. And then whoever was first, once the waters got stirred up, they got to be cured. And then I don't, first of all, I don't know how stuff like this, this gets started. I don't know if it was like over a natural spring. And so every now and then it would bubble up. But I don't know how something like that keeps going because you're imagining people just like, you know, like just crawling into this thing, like elbowing people out of the way. It's just like a UFC match or something like that. And then somebody gets in there. And then if they weren't cured, they were like, it doesn't work, guys. P.S. It doesn't work. Like, I st I'm still exactly in the shape that I was. But they believed this. So Jesus finds this guy, out of all these people, this guy's been there for 38 years, and he says to him, do you want to get well? That's a really curious thing. We're going to look at his answer, which is really weird, in a minute. But the next thing that Jesus says is just amazing. He just says, get up your mat, like, take up your mat and walk. And he just heals him. This is a really interesting miracle by Jesus because the guy did not ask to be healed. He did not display any faith that he could be healed. He wasn't like, Jesus, you're so amazing and I've heard about you. Could you please help with the legs? He didn't do any of that stuff. Jesus just heals him, like maybe against his will. He didn't even answer the question, the yes or no question of, do you want to get healed? He just heals him. He's just like, this is your situation now. You're healed. And like... I don't know if he just feels strength in his back and his legs. Maybe he wiggles a toe or two and he's like, and he gets up. Jesus says, pick up your mat and go. And so he like rolls up his yoga mat or whatever the situation is. And he rolls out and then Jesus finds him later and says this other thing. This other thing that it's the almost fixed part. Like the, the thing that still needs to be dealt with. Jesus finds this guy in the temple. And I don't know what he was doing in the temple. I don't know if he was just like, I'm healed. I want to go praise the Lord. Maybe that's like the, that's the best version of that thing. The other version could be, he's like, I'm still wearing my beggar clothes and I've still got this Starbucks cup. Maybe I'll go where there's some more foot traffic and nobody knows. So I'll just kind of sit over here. Who knows? He's at the temple and Jesus finds him and says, stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. And that's where I'm like, okay, pull the e-brake. Everybody stop. Like, um, I need to figure out what this means because I don't know about y'all, but that scares me just a little bit because the first place my brain goes is, wait a minute. So like, like certain sins, like God will just punish you with things like paralysis. Is that what's happening? Like, does anybody else think like that? Am I the only person that's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if you sin, like God will like punish you with like illness or suffering in some way. Is that what's happening? And I feel like I've got to know the answer to that immediately. And here's what we need to say off that. We need to stop everything else and say that when you have hard times, you are not being punished for your sins. Okay? We need to know that. That's right. Amen to that. When you have hard times, when you're suffering or struggling, you are not being punished for your sins. Now, we need to dig into this a little bit because I can just say a sentence like that, but we need to know why. One thing that's really, really important 
is every now and then you're going to be reading the scriptures and you'll see something that's confusing, something that gives you pause or makes you maybe even a little bit afraid like this one did to me. And one of the things you need to know is there are scriptures that are confusing and that we need to figure out and it's somebody says this about it, somebody else says that about it. But when you find a, a confusing and maybe disquieting scripture, it is not going, whatever it means, it's not going to undo the clear good news that we have in the scriptures, okay? That's a really important thing. If I find a confusing scripture, it's not going to undo the clear, the clear good news. Like that scripture in, over in Isaiah chapter 53 that says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we have been healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What Isaiah was talking about was that Jesus was actually punished for our sin. And there is no double jeopardy with God. He's not going to go around and punish again when he has already paid for it in the person of Jesus. Amen? We are not being punished. If you have called out on the name of Jesus and something happens that's hard, something that happens that's confusing, something difficult that you can't explain or understand, one thing we can know is Jesus was punished for my sin. I'm not being punished for my sin. He was crushed for my iniquity. I am not being crushed for my iniquity. This is a broken, messed up world. And stuff goes sideways and stuff is hard. And we don't know why certain things are happening. But we can know Jesus was punished. I'm not being punished for that. That's super important. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Later in this chapter, in John chapter 5, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I, I say to you, anyone who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life, will not be judged, but is already crossed over from death into life. Over in Colossians chapter 2, he says, He has forgiven us all our sins and canceled the written code with all its regulations that stood against us and stood opposed to us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And that's where all God's people say, what? Amen. Amen. So I'm not being condemned. I'm not being judged. There is no written code that stands against me, and I am not being punished. When I go through difficult stuff, be that disease or, or injury or whatever, or just hard times, what is not happening is I am not being punished for my sin. So... What is Jesus saying to this guy? What's happening? Like, was he in this situation because of some sin that he did? I don't know. I mean, one thing we do know is that sin is, it's basically me saying, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do my responses, my life, my words, my relationships the way I want to do them. Yeah, God has his way for my life. I'm going to do my way. And one thing that we do know is that's always less life. When I, when, when I am doing a sin, when I am sinning, that's always less life than God would have for me. That's always, uh, it's, it's always going to be less fulfillment, less joy, less hope, all of that stuff. This is always not life at its best, and sometimes that has consequences. So, like, like a super extreme version of that is, like, people who get caught up in addiction and stuff like that, it's like, it's like they might lose relationships, they might lose a lot of money, they might lose their liver, they might lose their marriage, jobs, that kind of stuff. This is not God punishing somebody for their sin. This is what happens. 
Uh, a less extreme version of that that we've probably all tasted a little bit is if I decide that I'm going to be a person who talks about people or lies about people, I might lose some friendships. I might lose some trust. That's not God punishing me for my sin. That's just what happens. Um, and so you look at this guy and it's like, well, did he, was he paralyzed for 38 years because of some sin he did? It's like, maybe, I mean, maybe he decided I'm going to take that lady's purse on the third floor balcony of this building. And she turned out to be a ninja or something like kicked him off the building and he like broke his back. I don't know. Like, but if that is what happened and then Jesus healed his legs, I bet he's not like, I'm going to go up on a roof and mug somebody else. I'm going to find me a ninja and see if I can swing it this time. Like, I doubt that's what, I don't know if that's what happened. I'm just saying it's unlikely that, you know, but like, what I want to do is look for a second at like, okay, there's a lot we don't know about this guy. What do we know? What can you look at in this guy and say like, is there any context clues that we can draw about what Jesus might be talking about here? Okay, so let's go back to the beginning of the story. Jesus walks up to this guy and he says, do you want to get well? That's a yes or no question. It's like the kid with the funnel cake. Yes. If a guy, if you've been paralyzed and a guy who has the ability to like erase paralysis rolls up on you and says, do you want me to get rid of your paralysis? The correct answer is yes, please. Thank you. That's the correct answer. But instead, this guy goes, well, uh, I mean, nobody will help me. Like that's his answer. Well, nobody will help me. Other people go in uh, to the water before I can get there. Like, uh, like Doug three weeks ago, like he just got here. Like he, he's only been sick for like a couple of weeks. And I'm like, Doug, I've been here for 38 years. Like, wait your turn. Other people are, I don't have anybody to help me. And like his attitude is, well, you don't understand Jesus. I just don't deserve this. I just, I just don't deserve this. He's got this attitude of like, I'm the victim here. Y'all ever felt like that? Like something bad happens, and the first thought in my brain is, how sorry for myself can I feel? How much can I feel like I don't just, by the way, it's real quiet. So is anybody, has anyone ever experienced that before? Thank you. I'm like, I hope I'm not the only person that like, something bad happens, and the first knock on my door, I look through the peephole, and it's self-pity. And he's like, hi, can I come in? And I'm like, uh-huh. I really needed a friend at this difficult time. Please come in. He's like, I hope you don't mind. I texted somebody else. And I'm like, who is it? And he's like, it's blame shifting. He's a good pal. He's going to come over and help too. Because the next thing that happens is the guy gets cured and he's walking around with his, you know, his yoga mat. And the, the religious leaders say to him, hey, dude, it's a Sabbath. It's Saturday. You can't, we don't work on Saturday. You can't carry your yoga mat. And here's my thing, a couple of things. <laughs> I went to a yoga class with Christy one time and I was the only dude in the place. Okay. Iconoclast. And the uh, yoga instructor, she's like being really encouraging to everybody there the whole time. She's like, way to go, Donna. Awesome job, Becky. You know, all this kind of stuff. And then she literally, she was like, Lee, lower. <laughs> Every pose. And I'm just like, it's all I've got. I can't go any lower. And she was like, Lee, what are you kidding? You're killing me. And I'm just like, would you stop saying my name? Um... <laughs> I needed like a yoga class name that wasn't my name. But like when you roll up that little, th that's not work. Come on, y'all. That's not work. They just wanted to get Jesus in trouble. Can we be real about that? that that's, that's what's going on here. But anyway, 
So they say to him, you can't carry that on Saturday. You know, that's work. And instead of being like, oh, that's my bad, y'all. I'm sorry. Let me, just, let me just drop this real quick. I'll come and get it later. The first thing he does is he says, well, I, I'm not actually to blame here. The guy that healed me, he told me to carry it. So the first place he starts is, well, I don't have anybody to help me into the pool. I, I don't deserve this. You understand? It's not fair. What's happened to me is not fair and I don't deserve it. And the next thing he says is, well, it's not my fault. It's I'm not to blame. Anybody gone there before? That when anything goes sideways, I'm looking for whose fault it is. Because I know it's not mine. Because, y'all, I don't deserve this. So self-pity's hanging out in the living room. He texted, blame shifting. That brother's hanging out too, eating all the chips. And then all of a sudden you hear a flush and the bathroom door opens and here comes ingratitude. And that dude's been there the whole time, let me tell you. <laughs> because when the, the religious leaders then say to this guy, who told you uh, to carry your mat? The most interesting part of the whole story to me, okay? This is what kills me about this guy. He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Like, hold on. You've been paralyzed for four decades. A guy rolls up on you and says, get up and walk. And you're like, whoa, I can walk. And you, the first thing isn't, who are you? That's hero movie 101. That's, that's the first thing that, look, when Superman catches Lois, you know, and she's falling off the, what's she doing up there? But like when he catches Lois and then she says, who are you? And he's like, I'm Superman. Like that's the first... When Spider-Man like gets the lady's purse and then hits the bad guy and hands it back to her and she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, even the bad guys, they're like, who are you? I'm Batman. Like, that's the first question. Who are you? Have a little gratitude, dude. Four decades you can't walk. You're strolling around. You don't happen to like, hey, by the way, what's your name? Like, that, that's a bait. That's hero movie 101. The only thing I can figure is this dude has such a high level of ingratitude that his thing is, I'm the hero of this story. I didn't even stop to ask him because I'm the hero of this story. I don't deserve this. I'm not to blame. And by the way, I'm the hero of this story. And let me say... I actually, I'm, I'm not, it feels like I'm really ragging on this dude. The only way I am is I have to be completely honest. I know exactly what it feels like to be that guy. I know exactly what it feels like. That when something gets out of pocket and out of hand, my first thought is, I do not deserve this. And I know exactly how, and, and feel free to say amen if you also feel that way. I know exactly how it feels to then say, who is to blame for this? I know it's not me. Because y'all, look around. I'm the hero of this story. I'm the biggest person on the poster of the movie. That's, the, that's my role in this story. I look at this dude and I'm like, okay, so if this is me, and, and I know that it is sometimes, I've got to have some, some things in place. Because like when, when something happens this week that I wasn't ready for and I didn't want... I need to be ready to do a couple of things. I've got to get some pieces in place so that I don't automatically go to I don't deserve this. And I can tell you for me, the thing that's helped the most on that, when self-pity comes in, the thing that helps the most for me on that is I have to have some time in my day where I remind myself of the most basic truth of the gospel. The most basic truth of I will never get what I deserve. And that's really good news, y'all. And actually, like, you know, when you think about, like, 
Like, you know, Christians, you're supposed to have your quiet time. You're supposed to, you know, whatever. Like, just to be perfectly honest with you guys, like, for me personally, that's one of the reasons that I carve out some time in the day to read some scripture is because I'm looking for that reminder of the good news of Jesus. And I will read until I find it. Like, right now I'm reading the book of Jeremiah, and i got to be honest, like, like, I know it's coming, like, later in, like, chapter 31 or something like that. But right now, I'm like, bro, lighten up. Like, I, I, I know this is from the Lord, but, like, I'm going to have to get some psalms or something after this. Like, it's just tough right now, I'm, and I'm going to make it through. I'm, I'm committed to Jeremiah. But, like, I'm reading the scriptures every day because I need to be reminded, hey, dude, you're never getting what you deserve. If I got what I deserved, I would be alone in the dark forever. And I really deserve that. And it's really, really good for me to get in touch with Jesus and remember that he gave his life for me because he loves me that much, because I am the one that he left to find. And I am the one that he just sought and put around his neck and brought me back and threw a party for me. Like, I need to remember that every day. And it's one of the reasons that I get in the scriptures every day, because if I don't, then it's so easy. I mean, it's just instinct for me to look at everything in my life and feel like, I don't deserve that. Well, I don't deserve that. I deserve better. I actually don't. I'm getting something I never would deserve. Um, another thing that, that I need to get good at is just like when something does go sideways, it's not that like I'm like I'm not always to blame for it, but like a really good question is, is there anything I need to work on in me? Is there anything in this that like does does this not that I caused this situation necessarily, but like is this situation revealing anything in me that needs some work? And we can go about that slowly. We can do that a little bit by little bit, okay? It's not like I'm going to have an overhaul and I'm going to be done tomorrow. This is not light switch stuff. This is like little reps stuff. I need to remember the gospel. I need to be willing to say, is there anything I need to be working on? And the, and the third thing, just dealing with ingratitude is like, I want, and I'm working on it, I'm growing in it, but like I need to intentionally find some places in my day where I'm grateful. Um, I, we were at Carolina Point last weekend at Young Life Camp, and, and I had to run up to the leader's lounge to grab something, and that's where the leaders keep all their stuff. We never let kids in there. It's our secret little hideout. And, um, and I was up there, and I went back, and, and I was talking to Thomas, and he was like, he looked at his watch, and he was like, oh, was my phone just going off in there? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, I just realized I left my phone in there and my like four o'clock gratitude alarm went off. And if y'all don't know about this about Thomas, he has like random gratitude alarms during the day. And I would suggest it for all of us. It just like, it just randomly goes off and he stops whatever he's doing and he finds some reason to thank Jesus for something right now. That's a really cool practice because if we aren't intentional about some of these things, I mean, I'm like a slip and slide into this guy in John chapter 5 of like, I don't deserve this. And I'm not to blame. And I'm the hero of this story. Okay, I think all that stuff's good. And I think we should kind of onboard some of that stuff and start working on it. But it still doesn't deal with one piece of this that is just like the hang up for me, which is that when Jesus found this guy in the temple, the almost fixed piece, like he's healed the guy's legs and everything. And he says, if you don't stop sinning, and maybe it's those things. Maybe it's his ingratitude. Maybe it's his blame shifting. Maybe it's his victimhood. Those are the things that we can see in the guy. And we can see them in ourselves, too, if we're honest. Jesus says, if you don't stop sinning, something worse may happen to you. And I'm like, worse? Worse than 38 years of paralysis? Like, Jesus, 
What could be worse? That, why are you, Jesus, why would you say to him, wh how, what could be worse than 38 years of paralysis? And the fact that that question hits me is, I think, a big part of my personal problem. Because I think, and I think this is a lot of us, and you can hit me back if it is. I think a lot of us think what I need is the big fix. I need, like the 80s song says, all I need is a miracle, all I need is you. I just need the big fix. You just fix my legs, everything else will be cool. Does anybody feel that way? Thank you. Like, I think that's the way we, like, if my circumstances changed, if I got the job, if I won the lottery, if I, if this person would go out with me, like, that's the thing. If that happened, everything would be cool. This guy for 38 years, it's like, look, if I could walk, everything would be straight. And Jesus finds him and says, actually, um, you have another problem. And it's like, what is it? Like, I think another way to phrase this whole, if you don't stop sinning, something worse might happen to you, is another way to phrase that might be, and this is not like in the NIV or anything, but it's almost like Jesus is saying, hey, I can fix your legs, but you're going to have to work on that face. Because, <laughs> bro, you're miserable, man. You're miserable. You're miserable. And it's killing your relationships, and it's killing your peace, and it's killing your joy. It's robbing you. It is robbing you blind. Like, yeah, stuff's going to happen. Like, the idea that, like, if this thing was fixed, then I would be great. Y'all, that's not our religion. That's not it. The end of uh, Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, you are going to suffer. It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer. That's going to happen. Jesus said in John chapter 16, in this world, you will have troubles. The question is, who am I going to be in those struggles? Who am I going to be in that suffering? Who am I going to be on the good days and on the bad days? Because if I'm a miserable person and I get the promotion, I'm just a miserable person with more money. If I'm a miserable person who wins the lottery, I'm just a rich jerk. Like, great, awesome, good luck with that. And I'm not saying that at you. I'm saying that at myself, too. I think the heart of Jesus for this guy is, hey, I can deal with these circumstances. I'm not, I don't know if, I can't tell you that's always going to happen. A deeper question is, like, do you want to be happier than this? Do you want to be more thankful than this? Do you want to have a lighter heart than this? I think one of my aims is I want to go for a lighter heart. I don't know if I can just flip a switch on that, but I do want to work on it. And I think Jesus would want to be in that with him. What I would love to see is I would love to see the version of John chapter 5 where you read the whole thing and you get to the temple and Jesus says, stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. And the guy says, will you help me with that? And Jesus says, yes. And then he puts his arm around him and he says, let's go. Wouldn't that be awesome? Here's the thing. That could be us today. That could be us right now. Like, Jesus, I would really love to work on my gratitude. I would really love to, love to work on my victimhood. I would really love to work on my blame shifting. Could you help me with that? And he would say, I would love to get into the weeds with you on that. I would love to get in there because on the other side of that, even a little bit today and tomorrow is a lighter heart. Even a little bit of that is like you're less snappy. There's this thing that happens in our house sometimes with, which the girls could tell you this, but like every now and then it's kind of like those Snickers commercials where somebody like just hulks out and then somebody gives them a Snickers and they turn back into themselves. Like every now and then, I guess, I, I don't know, I'm just at the end and I just kind of lose it. And Christy will just fire me from the room. She's just like, you're done, you know? And I'm like, you're right, you know? I found out last week that like sometimes Christy will like corner one of the girls. She's like, listen, 
dad kind of lost his mind there for a second. You and I will work it out, and I'll explain it to him later. You know? I'm like, that's, that, that's actually, that sounds about right. You know, but it's just like, look, that stuff happens to all of us. And my question is, if I would be willing to look at it, can I have just a little bit of a lighter heart tomorrow? Could Monday be a little bit more peaceful? I'm not saying that I'm going like, to fix the paralysis. My thing is, I don't want to be double paralyzed. I don't want to have the hard situation and also be weighed down with all this stuff that's just in, in facing and in looking. Um, does that make sense? Okay, I think that's something that we can work on this week. I know I want to, and I want a lighter heart. I know that Jesus has worked in our life, and I know that there's some things that we can work on as well, and I think we can do it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, for the chance to be together and to look at your word. And I'm praying for myself, for just a little bit more humility, a little bit more honesty, a little bit more gratitude, leading to a fuller, a fuller week, a lighter heart, not necessarily an easier week, but a sweeter one. Would you give us um, the courage to look in the mirror and would you give us a heart that's ready to, uh, to work on where you're leading us? I love the fact that, I kn- and I know it, that you would love to walk with us through the reps that we need to get a little bit lighter heart this week. We love you and thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you. Let's sing this out. Here we go. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the way you love me. The way you give me more than I deserve and I could earn and I could ever hope to find and I was lost and broken empty hopeless wretched poor and blind you came and rescued me you gave yourself Jesus that is why I wanna thank you I wanna thank you for the way you saved me you made me secure when I was living this life for myself only darkness every step, falling every day, and you spoke so gently, got me to that is why I say, I want to thank you, I want to thank you for the way you love me, the way you love me. Change me. I'm different than before. You came into my life and gave me power that I never knew. For the first time, I can please your heart and really walk with you. Seems too wonderful, too good to be. But I know it's true. I wanna thank you. I wanna thank. Love